Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. As you know, I always say that opening because I never know what time zone you're in watching me live. And, or if you're watching, listening, watching on the podcast, now that we do video in addition to just the audio, like I used to do for five years on broadcast radio, I love being here with you. It is my favorite time of the week, even if it is a Thursday for the live and not a Tuesday. And that is because this amazing, handsome, incredible, hysterical man that you're looking at on the other side of the screen here, Terry Brock was unable This, I'm just so excited for today. I don't know if I will be able to make this through. Terry, well, having you on the show to me is almost like having Robin Williams on the show because you just make me laugh because I never know what you're going to do. I never know what I'm going to do either, but I'm just glad to be here. Just pleased as punch to be here with you. Oh my God, everybody. So this is Terry Brock. He is, I met him through our dear friend, Bob Berg, many, many years ago. And Terry, I don't know if you remember this, but you were my first and only video guest when I was on broadcast radio. Oh, wow. I'm honored. (laughs) Do do you remember when we did that and we had the different laptops set up and we kind of recorded it, but the radio station had no way to do video at that point in time and to pipe it into the feed. So we had to make sure our, our microphones on the computers were all shut off. Otherwise, they were going to reverb all over the place with the broadcast mics. Such a joyful noise. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, and now look at how the world has changed in just a a few short years. We're here on Zoom to Facebook Live. You have done video forever. And the rest of the world is just kind of catching up. We've been doing it for a long time. I was doing it, uh, well, when Abe Lincoln and I were doing it. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't supposed to tell you. But yeah, it was a, it's been a while. <laughs> I, I knew him, though, when he was in elementary school. So. Yeah, but, you know, now it's so much easier to yeah. go video, to create a business that is you in your home or wherever it may want to be. And it provides so much freedom for people now. And one of the reasons that I wanted to have you back on the show now, and we've been talking about having you back on for quite a while now, is because of something that you just released that blew me away (laughs) when, when I read it. And you created something called Agorapreneurs. And everybody knows entrepreneurs. Some people know intro, intrapreneurs, but Talk to me about this concept you have of agorapreneurs, because I think it's mind-blowing. Well, thank you. Laura, it's great to be with you, too. You're looking great, and it's fun to be back here, and uh, appreciate all of you that are watching right now. This uh, wonderful lady here has got a lot of wisdom. Well, agorapreneurs is a word that uh, we kind of made up. Gina, my partner, and I were sitting at a crit- our, um, lunch or morning table on a Sunday morning, just kicking around some ideas and talking about the week ahead, and we came up with the idea of entrepreneurs, which has been a real strong tension of mine to help entrepreneurs, and then the idea of agora living. And if you look up an agorist, uh, A-G-O-R-I-S-T, agorist or agorism, it's the idea of living life voluntarily, living it with freedom and liberty, that everything you do is peaceful and it's based in peace and no coercion. And I thought, 
How about agorapreneurs? People who are entrepreneurs that are forging their own way in life, doing what they want to and doing it peacefully. Anything, anything that's peaceful is the way that Leonard Reed said it years ago. And I think that's a good way to live life. Anything that's peaceful. So you might want to do something. I go, ooh, that's kind of weird. <laughs> Man, doing that, you know, are you going to do that? Hey, that's kind of, but if you're not harming anyone else, knock yourself out. Just don't harm someone and take responsibility for your actions too. And so that's kind of where we're coming from. And the idea that we can use technology, we can use ideas. We'll learn from those that have gone before us. We'll learn from those that are here with us and we'll work to make the world a better place. And one of the best ways we see doing that is with a free market, letting people interchange with each other. We don't need someone else telling us what to do or how to live our lives. We will live lives freely, independently. And again, here's that wonderful word, peacefully. When you, when I first read and heard what you were talking about doing, I had these moments where I went, that's Anne Rand. And I always pronounce her first name wrong, you know, yeah. and I think she pronounced it Ein, Ein but she made right. it up. Yeah. 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 Alice Rosenblum was actually her given name over in St. Petersburg, Russia, before she came to the United States, escaped from the Soviet Union and came here. But uh, yeah, she uh, talks about some of the concepts. I find there's a lot of people in the world that really believe in living your life, uh, live free and uh, don't harm others and uh, kind of live and let live is really the philosophy. With the world today, especially with people having to rethink the way they did business, because maybe they've lost their jobs even in the last bunch of months, or they yeah. lost their jobs pre-COVID. And they're saying, I can't rely on income from an outside source. I need to take care of my family. How do I do that? It's frightening for a lot of people to say, I'm not gonna rely on anybody else but myself to, to generate my revenue because you kind of need to rely on other people, right? Nobody's, no man is, or woman is out there alone. If you want to be in business, you have to know your market. You need to provide what customers want. So how does that fit in with the whole concepts of agorapreneurs? It fits in there very importantly and very well. And it's the paradox of life. You see, we're all within our own bodies. We think about ourselves. We have that, what psychologists call the intrapersonal communication, the talk that you have in your head. Oh, I'm not doing that right. Oh, no, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I could do that. I wonder what she thinks. What is she thinking about me? What is he thinking about me? Those are the thoughts that are inside us. We only breathe for ourselves. We only eat for ourselves unless you're pregnant. You're only going to sleep for yourself. And so it's a very insular way of living. And yet the irony is the way we get ahead in life is by creating value for others. Right. We cannot be completely alone. It would be very difficult to do. I should say very, very difficult to do it. The way society works is we exchange. We exchange with each other. One person becomes uh, a medical doctor. She goes to school. She becomes a doctor. And then I didn't go to medical school, but when I need help, I might go to my doctor. Matter of fact, I went to one just a few months ago and Dr. Grayman, she is a wonderful lady and she helped me on some, on some areas. It was great. I gave her money for that. She gave me medical services. We're exchanging back and forth, but then people will need help from me. I do a lot of consulting and coaching in the area of sales and marketing, using technology, working with video, and I can help them. And so we use money 
as a means of exchange to say, hey, what you have is valuable. And I am willing to give you something of value that you will then be able to take that money and get something of value to you. And that's how it works best. And we get ahead by thinking of how we can serve others, how we can help them. That really is the key. That's the whole go-giver philosophy that Bob Berg and John David Mann talked about. Absolutely. Now, the two of them put those books together in marvelous books. I'd encourage people to go read those if you haven't read the Go-Giver series, because they really come down to the way you get ahead is by giving and helping others. And that is a wonderful way to do it. And it makes the world much better. And really, when you think about it, that's what Agora living is. It's a way of exchanging peacefully what you want, and everybody's better off. I go over to, you and I are here in Florida. We have uh, grocery stores called Publix. I go over to the Publix grocery store. They have some wonderful food there. I need food. And they, they've got bills to pay as well, but they took extra care to make sure the food is safe. It's clean, it's right. fresh, all the things that the food should be. And we give them little green pieces of paper with pictures of deceased notables on there, or we give them a little plastic card with numbers on it. And they go, oh, good, we made a sale. I go, well, oh, good, I'm happy because I got some good food. And so we both win because of the free market system and being able to say, okay, this is how we can do it. And ultimately, that's how the world works anyway. We're constantly interchanging with other people, not always in money, but we're interchanging and we want to be able to freely and peacefully interact with each other. Yeah, we see all the time. I mean, the latest being the government's antitrust suit against Google, right? And then there was one against Microsoft and they're talking mm -hmm. about doing it against Facebook and all that other stuff. If it's a truly free market system, then antitrust shouldn't factor in there. I know we hadn't talked about going to this conversation, but it, it but just okay. popped up because of what you were saying. So, you know, I struggle with that because to me, it's like if somebody wants to meet the needs of its clients, it's going to keep growing businesses and building. They see the, they see the success and, and they keep growing, you know, like Amazon, it, mm -hmm. when they first started out, nobody was buying anything and they were burning money. Like, like it was water out of a, a fire hose, you know, and now he's captured the market because he did what nobody else could. He created a distribution system and had pricing at a good point. But, you know, he's also done some other things where um, they started creating products that were the same products as somebody else had created and sort of white labeling it for themselves. Yes. Um, so I go into this whole conversation saying, as entrepreneurs, we want to grow when we want to build, right? But then I don't feel like we should bash somebody else for their big success. I agree. I think that we hurt ourselves if we do that. I look at what Jeff Bezos has done with Amazon, and he seems to be the current whipping boy throughout history. People have said, oh, we want to put this person down because they've done well, like a, a John D. Rockefeller or Andrew Carnegie or others throughout history. We've seen it going even farther back than that. And I think we've got to be careful because if you uh, kill the golden goose that lays those eggs, the goose that lays the golden eggs, then you won't have those anymore. And I think that what we need is not so much antitrust where we have, uh, just my personal opinion, people in government who think they know more than others about how to compete and what to do. I think it's much better to let have uh, free and open competition because there's throughout history, we see a trend. People say, oh, gee, we've got to stop, uh, for instance, Philco Radio. Because Philco Radio is going to own all the radios and make all the radios and it'll be bad. 
We don't even have Philco radio today, but they were big at one time. And we saw IBM back in the 50s, 60s. They got real big. Oh, we got to stop IBM. They're getting too big. Well, AT&T. AT&T, we got to break them up and all that. Well, I think if you let people interchange with each other, we do it a lot better. As an example, I think the government under the Obama administration, they said it was, I forget the exact number, it was something like 60 to $70 billion it would cost to get the space program going, start putting uh, men on the moon, men and women right. on the moon and doing that. Elon Musk came along and is now doing it for less than a billion. And we're actually doing it and much faster. Government said, oh, it would take 20 years. Elon Musk is doing it in about a year, year and a half, two years. And my numbers aren't exact on that, but the principle is they are launching rockets right now. I look out the window that way and I see Cape Canaveral, we watch the rockets take off and we can see that they really are doing it. And they're sending people into space privately. And we find that it's just when you have that competition, you tend to do better. We uh, make sure that they are there. And so I think it's a philosophical issue. What is the proper role of government, if any? And what do we need government for? And I think there's a continuum. People tend to be on a scale of one saying no government to another one said government controls everything, like communism. Communism is saying, okay, government's going to control everything. You have others along the way. And I think what we need to do is, first of all, understand we need to interact, here's that word again, peacefully, and make sure that we can get along without screaming and yelling. I think we've generated to a point that is very dangerous for society. So people looking at each other, not just I disagree with your opinion, but they're coming up with sheer hatred on the other side, simply because whatever the other side is. And by the way, I'm not for either of the major candidates that are running right now. And I say that, no, I, I think I think Shakespeare had it well when he said a pox be upon both of their houses. <laughs> and I think old Billy Shakespeare knew what he was talking about. Now, he must have known about the American political system. when he did. I that. think so. I think so. <laughs> When I work with some of my clients, I think one of the biggest things that I hear from them is they don't even know what business to start. They're like, well, I can't start an Amazon. I can't start a Facebook. I can't do this. I can't do that. And they get so hung up on there's somebody else very successful that it's almost like they're afraid to get started. They don't even feel that they can get a piece of the pie. What do you say to that, Terry? First of all, I understand because it is real and you think, oh, gee, I didn't start Microsoft. I didn't start Amazon. But you know what? The real truth is now is not the time to start a Microsoft. They've already done it. That's their thing. Jeff Bezos doing Amazon. He was in the back of his home in his garage, boxing up books and sending them out, taking them to the, uh, the post office himself. He and his wife and uh, whoever they could get. That's how they got started. They worked hard. They did their thing. What you want to do is you want to test and see what the market is looking for. If in 1950, I had said, we're going to have a place called Amazon, and it's going to deliver food and groceries and items to you within a few hours. It will you would have said you. that's Sears. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's Sears. And Sears will always be here, right? Uh, <laughs> no. Just like JCPenney, they'll always be here. Right. No. Throughout history, we see the rise and then fall. And so what you want to do is you want to step back, and here's what we can do today. Listen, I like the way my friend Chris Brogan talks about it. He says, we need to grow bigger ears, mm. listen better to what people are saying, where they have needs. And today, Laura, it's better than ever because we can test lots and lots of times, very inexpensively by putting out, say, videos on YouTube and watch which ones resonate with people. Start a podcast like you're doing. And if you want to find out, gee, 
I want to see what do people really want to hear about? You try several different topics. And when you watch the numbers, you go, Ooh, they really like that one. What was on there? What was that topic? What, who was the guest or what was that? And this other one, Oh man, I thought it was going to be real good. And look, nothing echo, you know, crickets, you know, it's like, what happened on that? Well, that's good market feedback years ago, say in the, 40s, 50s, 60s or so, you had to go out and try by buying very expensive ads in a newspaper right. or on TV or radio, and then hope and you know spray and pray that maybe it'll work, maybe this one will. That's very expensive. Today, we can try it. You and I can just send something out there relative with a marginal cost of hardly anything, right? or audio, video, text, all of that is there doing live as well. You and I right now are communicating with each other over Zoom. We're able to do this for free. Actually, actually, Laura, I was going to tell you, I'm going to pay for the call today. This Zoom call, I'll just go ahead and pay for that. Because <laughs> that's free. You know, we can do it. Actually, once you've paid a certain fee, you and I are both paid. We have a Zoom subscription. And now we get in there and we can use it as much as we want. So I think right now is a better time than ever. And for that person that's feeling like, oh, woe is me. What am I going to do? I can't compete with Amazon. Well, no, and you shouldn't. But you want to find a niche. Find an area where there's people. There, actually, it's a convergence of several things. Number one, you want to look at what you're good at. Or here's an important part, what you could be good at. Oh, oh, wait. What okay. could you learn? For That's instance, awesome. Yeah, if I'm, uh, for me to become a doctor, a medical doctor, board certified, all that kind, I guess I could do it, but at my age and my uh, proclivities and all that, no, 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 that's not for me at all. Not at all. Uh, my uh, doctor that I was telling you about, Dr. Grayman, wonderful lady. She could do a lot of things related to the medical era. I don't know if I would suggest for her to try to become um, a pro basketball player. You know, she would not be that confident, although she probably does. I don't know that well, but I'm saying there's certain things you can do. Find out what you can do and what you can learn. What new skills can you acquire? Often by going to the University of YouTube, you get those videos that are out there. You look at the books that are free. You go to many places. You go to MIT or Harvard for free by going to the online campuses that they make available. So then you find that, and then you find out what is it that people want? What do people want that they really need and are ready, willing, and able to pay for? And do that. And then look at what, uh, how qualified you are and how easy it is to replace that. Because your pay will always be determined by, number one, your ability and skills to do a particular task. Number two, the market demand for that task. And number three, how easy is it to replace you? Because if we can find somebody else doing it pretty quickly with little training, you're not going to be able to get a whole lot of money for that. But if you go to medical school, for example, and then you get a specialist in a particular degree, that's a lot more difficult to duplicate. Therefore, the fee is going to be higher. So just realize this is the way the world works. It has since the cavemen days. It's right. one of those rules of the world. And it's not a matter of these people have the money and are keeping it. Those are lies that people have told. The world really doesn't work that way. The way it does work is people have needs. You figure out how to help them get that at a cost that is reasonable for them. And it's worth it for you. And that you're unique in doing it. They can't find somebody else just down the street, find 20 other people that can do it for a lower cost. You know, I hear what you're saying and I totally get it, but I hear voices in my head whenever I do my show of my listeners going, 
oh yeah, sure. He says that. And he makes it sound like it's so easy. Yeah. You know, I can go up to YouTube. I could learn how to do something. I could put something out there, but I have no list. I have no followers other than a couple of family friends. So how do you, when there's that fear, right? You had said something before we, we started, failure is not final and success is not final. And I love, Correct. love that phrasing. But when people are putting themselves out on social media, number one, it's scary to a lot of people, right? Because mm-hmm. they're, they're like, well, nobody will find me. How, how do I get found? How do I know if what I'm doing is working? How much free stuff do I have to put out there before I can start making money at whatever I'm doing? And it, it sounds so rosy to so many people. And then they go out there and they go, well, I'm not getting any traction. Yeah, what you got to do is you got to look at reality, not what I think or what anyone says, but reality. And reality is that there's needs out there. And everyone, I'm using that word carefully, everyone who's on the net or in social media at one time had zero followers, had zero subscribers. And so you think, okay, that's where they were. So what did they do to get more? What did they do? Well, they tried a lot of things. They worked, as the British would say, they worked bloody hard. And I, just, I don't know why I'm thinking that, but that's what they would say in England. Right. And so you would get out there and you would and do it. And you're going to learn from your mistakes. You will fall down. Yes, you will get bloody. Yes, it will hurt. That means what you got to do is get in there and you're going to put in some long hours and then not get the traction that you want. I've seen that a lot myself. I put out a video that I think is really good. Boy, this one's great. And both people watching it liked it. <laughs> and I was one of them. <laughs> so I was like, ah! And Gina was the other, right? Yeah, and I'm going, eh, how come it's not working? You know, well, you have to learn from that. Right now, for instance, I stretched and I'm paying a lot of money right now to take a 10-week course on video. It's helping me to learn what to do, like, for instance, with YouTube because I've got a lot to learn on that. And I'm learning, oh, do it this way, this way. And I'm seeing very small areas of progress. And so when you see that, you go, hey, that's good. And so I'll take that. That's a little bit better. You keep making that little bit better progress, getting better each time and working smart and hard. People say, well, I'm going to work smarter, not harder. Really, you got to do both. And that means you got to get smarter. Read a lot. Listen a lot to good quality material that's going to teach you. Get to know good people. There's lots of ways you can do that. There are many associations, many of them free, many online that can help you if you contribute to them. Let's think about it. How many other people are out there besides you that are saying, hey, I need help. How am I going to do this? And they're all out there saying the same thing. Well, so what makes you special? Well, nothing. So what you got to do is you've got to create that. This is a thing called reality that nobody owes you anything. Or as they'd say back home in the country where I grew up, ain't nobody owe you nothing. And I go, yeah, you know, that's, uh, I I understand bad English, but I do understand what they're saying. And so you've got to look at what can I do to serve others? That's the key. If you're down and you're going, I tried and it didn't work. Oh, it's not working. Okay. What can you do to serve others? Where are they hurting? And don't just try to conjure it up yourself. Here's a real secret. Write this down ask, you know, find out where they are hurting. What is there? And also you're going to ask by not just asking that word, 
ask, not just using words. You're going to step back and you're going to observe. You're going to listen, as Chris Brogan said again, with the bigger ears. Right. You know, listen more carefully, kind of find out where do they really need help? And then how can you supply that to them in a way? Start, get your eyes off you and focus on them. That's the, again, that paradox. We're always thinking about ourselves, our internal communication. That's normal. That's how we human beings are built. But what you want to do is be able to say, how is that other person feeling? Develop empathy. Work on your empathy muscles. Make sure you can reach out and find out where they're hurting, where they need help. And you be the one that can take care of that and find out those areas where you can do it and where, hey, you might need to go to school and uh, learn a little bit more that way. So that's okay. And school can be a formal education, which I was glad that I was able to get that. It was a good thing for me at the time. Right. Today, you can get school and learning on your own in many, many different areas, but you do have to read. You do have to study. You're going to have to put in the time, the money, and the energy in order to get it. As I've been listening to you, I don't know if you could see it in my face. It was like all these cogwheels <laughs> were turning. Like, I saw a little smoke out of the ears there. You I swear you could see the ears. smoke. I felt it based on the hot flash I just had. Um, it made me think of something that happened over the last couple of weeks for me. You know, I've been doing the show for five years now. Um, and I had a show for one year prior to that. And when I first started doing it, you know, I had never done radio. I'd been a guest on radio and, and TV back when I had my tech services company, but I had never done a show like this. And people were willing to help as long as you were willing to ask and say, hey, I need help. And sometimes I paid for the help and other times it was just somebody wanting to serve. And the last couple of weeks, I've had several people I know from the tech world and from the non-tech world approach me and say, we're thinking about starting a podcast. Would you be willing to give us some advice? And I'm like, I can't give you any advice about doing a podcast, you know, how to set things up or whatever. And they're like, just please talk to us, Laura. So I got on a call with them. And next thing you know, I'm on doing a Zoom with a screen share on their Buzzsprout account, showing them how they can get set up. And I'd never used Buzzsprout. I use Libsyn. But mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm a geek. It's tech. Let me yeah. just look, click around. I know the terminology. And within an hour, we had them sending submittals in for iTunes, for Spotify, for Stitcher, for this, for that, and, and all that. And then I had another friend just yesterday say, you know, I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I don't even know what to do. And we had a chat and he goes, Laura, can I record you? And let's have you create a course. Ooh, yes. And, and I went, I can't, I'm like, Rick, there's tons of people out there creating courses. I, I, how could I be another person creating a course? And he goes, but you have such knowledge. And I've talked to other people. And in 20 minutes, you explained at a much simpler level, level the basics that I even need to be thinking about. So what if we just created like a 20 minute thing of you just answering some questions about the basics? And with what you just said, Terry, it got me thinking again, of things like what comes easily to us that we don't even think about that we're doing that to other, others would seem like, you know, your view out your side, out your back window is the Harry Potter's castle. 
So would at, at Universal Studios, what do we do that would seem like magic to somebody yeah. else that we don't even think about? That's yep. agorapreneurs, right? In its essence. Absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. It's a matter of serving others with a skill that you have or could acquire. That's important. Right. That you could acquire with some study and then figure out how to help others. And here's the real benefit of that. We live in a day and age when it's so much easier than ever before. Think about it. Let's roll it back to, oh, say the 1880s. If you were living there, that was a wonderful time. Lots of growth, lots of things happening. But if you wanted to reach people, we didn't have radio. We didn't have TV. The newspaper was really right. the primary way to do it. You had to then go out and try to do it. And there was a lot of money. Today, you can do all this so much easier. And the technology gives you the ability to do something that is valuable to others. Look at how many people are doing well right now and making life better for others just in the area of writing an app. They can write an app. They put that together that goes out and it solves something, does something wonderful for others. And I would say, don't let anyone put you down. What you were talking about, a lot of people think, oh, gee, I'm not really good. I can't be there. In particular, I think one of the worst things that's happened throughout history has been people saying to women or little girls, oh, you can't do it. You're, oh, here's this terrible word, just. You're just a girl or you're just a woman. Makes me, ugh angry when I when I hear that because Me too. Wrong and it's and it's terrible because to use that no no it's like you are a woman you are a girl you can do this there's lots you can do and it's not just because we're going to pump you up with bravado no we've got evidence of that of many who have done marvelous things now are you going to compete on the same level of man if it's a uh, you know lifting 500 pounds probably not in the ring fighting you know on a boxing match Probably not. Hey, that's called reality. But you've got other skills that can be developed and you could do other things that they can't. You mentioned Ayn Rand. Ayn Rand uh, was one of the best writers in the 20th century. She right. sold the, uh, wrote uh, Fountainhead. She wrote Atlas Shrug and many other books. Those two continue to be some of the best sellers even 50 some years after they were published. And she did that. She took her brain power and she came to America speaking Russian, her native language, right. didn't know any English, learned it, worked with it, made mistakes, kept working at it, and became one of the best authors. Whether you like her work or not, step back for a moment and look at it and go, well, wait a minute. You know, she's not the only one. There's been a lot of people that do that. Don't let anyone ever put you down because you're a fill in the blank. Right. Whatever they're going to say. Sometimes people use ugly things about, well, you're a part of this race or that race or your skin is this color, or that all of that. Most reasonable people today would say that is just horrendous, despicable. And we do not accept that. We look at people as individuals. Each I remember, I remember growing up, my brother wanted to play in little league. This is before he passed away. And I wanted to play in little league, but this was way before, what is it? Title nine. Um, or Title yeah, 19 so. with the kids, with the wimp girls being allowed to play. And I was just devastated because they didn't let girls on the team. And I really wanted to play. And I was much better than my brother <laughs> as well. But he got on the team and I didn't. And I couldn't understand it. And my parents said, that's just the way it is right now. But you don't have to believe that that's the way it will always be. Good for your parents. And Good for you. My parents, my dad had a construction company and he took me to the job sites. Nice. And he let me follow him around and do all these cool things. And he said, just because they won't let you there 
doesn't mean you have to keep butting your head up against it. He said, because one door closes, well, instead of running smack into it, can you find a door or a window somewhere else? And let's figure out another way for you to do what you want to do. And I used to take apart all the electronics in the house. Nice. Good for you. <laughs> Couldn't always put them back together. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that happens too. Not that I've ever done that. No, no, I'd never do anything like that. <laughs> right. So what my dad said was he didn't get mad. I mean, and back in those days, a TV remote was super expensive. I was a child of the sixties. You mm -hmm. know, I remember the remote used to be me. Right. And then we finally got a TV that actually had a remote. Yeah. And I took it apart and I thought it was really cool, the capacitors, and I broke a couple of them off and whatever. And dad said, Okay, I think you need to learn how to do this stuff. Yeah. So he he got me books at the library and had me talk to some different people to learn how to do it. But not everybody has a parent who's like that. That's true. They don't. However, everyone, or most everyone, I should say, has access to a parent like that, even in the form of books, in the form of videos, in the form of recordings that are out there. Right. You can find those ideal people. You're born and you are who you are. There's no way we can change that. And we had no way to choose at the beginning. But you can choose what books you will read. You can choose what movies you'll watch or what kind of information you'll feed into your mind. So you can realize, okay, if this person didn't do it, knew that one of my mentors uh, is and has been a guy named Andrew Carnegie. Oh, and, love and, and I learned that's the way they pronounce it, not Carnegie, but Carnegie, because he was from Scotland and that's the way they did it. Well, he was a mentor. Of course, he died in uh, 1919, way before I was born, but he wrote books. Others wrote books about him. And I can learn those principles and think, hmm, I like this part. Ooh, he did this. I wouldn't want to do that. I don't think that's right. But I think he did this right and really well. And I would disagree with him on this and that. If we ever get a chance to sit down over dinner, we're going to have a good dinner. And yeah. uh, you know, we, we can talk about all those things. But think about that. You can do it. And Laura, you've done that on your own to achieve such success. You've been able to get in there and say, hey, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do that and make it happen. Good for you. And I even wrote a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you see, I'm, I'm going to say this to the person watching this and, or listening to this. Think about what it is you want to do. And as long as it's reasonable and others have done it before and it's doable within a reasonable time, money and energy, go for it. Get the books. Be willing to part with your capital. Put in the time, the money and the energy to get that. And then when you do you will be able to gain a skill. And don't try to jump from here all the way over the other side on the first one. Try little bite-sized steps and chunks. Get lots of small victories. Lots of small victories. It's and... never final. Okay, you, you froze there for a second. So the last thing I heard was you said small victories, then you froze. And then, so can you go from there and repeat oh, that? Oh, yeah, you have that you're going to be able to do much more. So uh, you froze there a little on the screen too, where I think we're having some fun here with the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it. And I've got everything closed other than what absolutely has to be open here. Um, okay, so we talk about small victories, but then there's something called a stretch goal, right? That 
people like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, um, Mark Zuckerberg, all those people, they're like world domination. We're going to rule this area. What do you say to my listeners who are thinking that they have to have those big, hairy, audacious goals that they'd be failures unless they had that big goal? Do you think that everybody needs to have that big goal? I think it's up to the individual. I think you have different kinds of goals. Having a small goal of, hey, I'm going to get up today and I'm going to do my exercise. Okay, that, that's a good goal to have. Uh, I'm going to do this small thing. But also the big, hairy, audacious goals, there's a place for that as well. But don't get discouraged if you don't make it. Realize that when you die, you will die with goals that have not been met, which is okay. That's a good thing. That just means that you're still stretching, you keep going forward, but also you realize you're gonna make a lot of those goals as you go. And so you have, uh, you're living on two levels. On one, the small little incremental goals you'll do, and then the larger goals, yeah, we have those out there. And do it and make sure it's something reasonable. I often joke and say, my goal is I wanna be starting center for the Orlando Magic, but I don't think that's gonna happen. I think that instead I would be better off doing what I do in writing and speaking, working on computers, doing a lot of video work. I think that's the key. Find something that's realistic, but stretch. I like the way that Dennis Waitley said it. You want goals that are within sight, but out of reach. And so that you're saying, okay, I got to stretch for that. And that's a good thing to do. You become better that way. What's, What's your stretch goal? For me right now, it's building the size of my audiences and getting out there. I'm working on my podcast, my new video channel, and uh, my list and my blog that I'm doing. And I just got an offer from a a potential client right now, hope it comes through, of doing some major live streaming as well. So we're looking at that right now. So those are the goals. They're all kind of intertwined. Sounds like four, but they all tie together. And it's really doing what I've done before, but tweaking it so that it's more in tune with where the world is in 2021 which is where we're looking right now. What are we going to do in 2021? And uh, with all the variables and all the unknowns that are out there. I mean, a good portion of your income, Terry, I think from the outside looking in, in the past, was your speaking. I mean, you're a hall of fame speaker. You have delivered some of the most powerful keynotes ever delivered to businesses well, to you. help them motivate and transform because you're, you're beyond a motivational speaker. To me, you're a transformational speaker. And, and the big difference well, is you. motivational speaker, when you leave, you kind of forget, right? Transformational, something has shifted for your audience. How has this shifted for you now with in-person events changing? I mean, you've always been a big video guy, right? But how, how have you seen it shifted and how have you handled that? Well, you raise a very good point for those uh, of you watching this and listening to this. Uh, it has changed dramatically for those of us as professional speakers. Used to be, we would get a call from someone, hey, are you available on this date? Yes. Can you come to pick a city, Las Vegas? We want you to stand up, speak to our group that's having their convention. We will pay you money. And then you go back home. And it's a nice way to uh, get by. You can do well with that. And it's been comfortable. Well, obviously, right now, we're not having those meetings. So we have shifted to much more, as a matter of fact, exclusively for many of us, to virtual. Now, they are starting to bring some of the meetings back where some people are there and they have hybrid meetings. 
some people in the audience and some people watching via video. Right. I find what we have to do is we redefine ourselves. And I've been saying for a long time, for those of us who are speakers, that we can't think of ourselves as speakers. Don't think of yourself as the delivery mechanism. And even if you're not a professional speaker, think about this in your own context. For us, standing on a stage, holding a microphone, lots of people there in the audience, we speak. That was how we did it for the most part. Now we have to look at ourselves as CSPs. And the National Speakers Association, where I am, we have a certified speaking professional. And that's a good thing. I am one of those, but I'm not referring to that. We have to be CSPs as community. Okay, and we've got- If you can communicate. Okay, you froze. You so what, what is CSP in the non-certified speaker? We're getting some freezing here on this and uh, we're going to be able to solve some technical problems. I'm, Laura, I might need to use your expertise on that remote. Okay, I don't know if it's yeah. on your end or mine, but define CSP for me again, because yes. that's where we lost you. And here, I'm going to shift over to something here. I don't know if this is my computer or whatever, but how is my signal coming through right now? Coming through just great now. Coming through right now. Well, okay, good. Because I just shifted over. To okay, you just froze do again. Do and if that doesn't work, shift to something else. Just a moment. There we are. Okay. okay. Is that a little better now? That's a little bit a CSP, better. I would say. Thank you. And thanks for understanding in the midst of whatever is going on. I don't know what this is, but these things happen. But a communicator who solves problems. Oh, I love that. We look at people, we see what's going on. There's a problem out there. We want to communicate and solve that. Now, how do we communicate? Well, in a variety of ways. One way would be on a stage with a microphone talking to people. Okay, that's one way we will eventually do. We're not doing so much of that right now. But what we can do is we can use video. We can use Zoom. We can use those technologies. We can write. We can put out blogs. We can put out podcasts. We can coach. We can facilitate, we can consult, we can do a host of different activities, all in communicating to solve a problem. I love that. It's rethinking how you thought of yourself. I had somebody yes. the other day tell me there's no more speaking gigs, that her career has been ended, there's no way she can do anything, and, and nobody's getting speaking gigs. And I said to her, I just got paid to moderate a panel online. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, well, how are you finding that? I said, because I choose not to believe that the only way I could do business was by physically being in person with somebody. Absolutely. It's been that way throughout history. This is why you want to read, read history. Think about it. What if, I often use a hypothetical, what if your family in the year 1880, let's go back to that time, and you say they had been blacksmiths and they had they made the shoes for horses. You figure, hey, we've all, we're always going to have horses here, aren't we? Yeah, right. they're going to need that. And people got to have their horses. My daddy was a blacksmith. My granddaddy was a blacksmith. My great, great daddy. Everybody's been a blacksmith. Now we round the corner and come into the 20th century. And they got this new thing called a horseless carriage. You are not needed as much to do the shoeing of the horses because we're not using horses as much. Should we say, oh, woe is me. We need to go back to the way it was. Let's go back. A bit. No. We can't do that. We're not going to. But what you can do is say, okay, hold it. I've got skills as a blacksmith. 
what else could I do? Maybe repairing cars. Hmm, I could do that. Or maybe I could do something else in making cars. There's lots of ways that we could adjust and move around. Constantly be adapting, improvising, and overcoming, as the United States Marines say. Improvise, adapt, and overcome. That's what we have to do. You've, you're so good, Terry, at the adapting and the overcoming. And you always seem so happy and so up. Do you ever have moments of doubt or fear or sadness? And, and if so, how do you, how do you shift yourself out of that? Cause I know that a lot of my listeners are struggling with that and they look at people like yourself who seem to have it all right. That seem to have major success and can pivot on a dime and they go, I don't have that. I, I, I don't know how they do it, but I feel like it's not possible for you to always be happy, to always be up. Well, I would agree with you. No, I'm not always happy, not always there. And we're human beings. We have times when we're feeling down. And sometimes you feel like, oh, I lost that one. That is really bad. And add many colorful new words to your vocabulary describing the ancestry of that person. <laughs> yes, no, 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 we're not going to do it. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that what we do is we adjust and realize, hey, we all go through that. We all have times when we're sad. I look at sometimes, one of the things I try to do is control what I put into my mind. I have found it much healthier for me to literally stay away from the news, particularly the broadcast news. Think about it. When The way that they get paid on TV, on cable news or whoever it is, whether it's the right or the left or something in the middle or wherever, they get paid by making you go, whoa, we got to pay attention to this. You know, right. think about it. When you hear... This breaking news just in, bad thing just happened. People, come here, come here, Martha, something bad happened. Come here, look at this. No, we want to see what's on TV. Well, you don't need to know that. Really think about it. Would it really matter to you if I gave you a recording? If I had a, remember those old things called DVDs? Yeah. I had a DVD here of the newscast from, uh, oh, pick a year, uh, 2003. And it was just a regular newscast, nothing major. And I said, here, I'll give that to you for $100. Would you want to buy that for $100? Probably no. Not. For $5. No, for free. Probably not. You wouldn't want to watch it and take the time. You think, well, then wait a minute. What about today's news? Is it going to have anything really relevant five years from now that you would want to go back and really listen to versus, I'm not saying put your head in the sand and not be aware. I'm saying be careful in how you receive that information. I find I can get a lot of information going online, reading some quick headlines in text, and by doing it in text, it's devoid of the emotion, the music. Notice the music they play behind some of these. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, very bad stuff. I don't need that in my brain. So you want to control what goes into your mind, just like you wouldn't sit down and drink gasoline. You know, that'd be terrible. Don't do that. You know, you're not going to let filth and uh, when I say really filth come into your mind. You will define what is filth to you. Just don't listen to that. Be objective and learn. Yes, process information and learn, but be very careful on what you're doing and how you're going to process the information. So yeah, I have uh, times when feeling down, feeling bad, but I find also what I do is don't just say, oh no, don't beat yourself up going, oh, I shouldn't be bad. There's something wrong with me. I'm always bad or, oh, I'm feeling down. I should be, no, 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 stop. I hear from people who are way, way smarter than me on this. People that are like real psychologists, real psychiatrists, uh, counselors, people who've studied that. They say, understand it's there, process it. Just realize, okay, 
I understand this and this and this has happened. What can I do now, right where I am, to adjust to change that to make it better? I think Teddy Roosevelt said it really well when he said, what can you do with what you got right where you are? Look at that and think, I want to adjust here. I need to adapt. And I'm going to figure out a way to get around it. I am going to do that. And yes, we understand as human beings, we're all going to have times when we're feeling really down. We're feeling really bad. That's all right. Just don't live there. You could visit there, understand it, and become better because of it. I love that, Terry. It fits with the whole agorapreneur that you're talking about as well, because you can feel overwhelmed when you're trying to try new things. And yeah. the world is sort of beating you up saying there's no way you'll succeed as that, as we talked about as well. Feeding your mind with positivity, realistic positivity, not just, you know, everything's sunshine and bright because the world isn't yeah. just sunshine and bright. So you have exactly. to acknowledge the tough parts. And that Teddy Roosevelt quote, I never knew that that was associated with Teddy Roosevelt, but using what you have where you are right now, that's a great way to start a business or to grow yep. your business. Yeah, we can all say, I want, I wish I had this. Well, don't worry about the wishes. What you want to do is look what you've got. What's the need? How can you serve others with what you've got? Creatively mix that together. Learn this new skill here. Learn about oogie woogies and that flicka bobbers and all the eegy weegies over here, whatever it's going to be, some crazy little name that they'll have for it. Then you can take that, put it together and deliver it to the marketplace. And they go, hey, she can do that. She can solve that problem for me. Hmm, how much would you charge for that? Well, that's that. Well, then let's do it. You got a customer now, girl. Here we go. We're going to do this with you. That's what you want to do and move in that direction. And what may seem basic to you is rocket science to somebody else. And yep. that could be your market. See, one of the keys to get ahead is learning how to learn. Learn how to learn fast. Learn how to learn something that's valuable very rapidly. Our world, yes, it's changing fast. That means you've got to come up to speed right now. Just a matter of fact, this was interesting. Uh, Two days ago, a potential client I'm looking at working with, they said, well, we expect all of our people who are going to do this particular task that they had to know how to do it. And I thought, oh, good. I guess I got to learn that real fast. So I <laughs> jumped out on YouTube, watched several videos, put it together, got into the product itself, started splashing around, trying this and that. This didn't work. That didn't work. And I created an environment where I could do some testing safely where I could make mistakes safely without it harming anything. As an example, to get really nitty gritty, I was doing some testing on a new software that goes on the net. And what I did is instead of going out into uh, live to everyone in the world could see it, I did it on Facebook in a green room that I created. A green oh. room is just my own Facebook group. And I'm the one, well, actually there's three of us there, me, myself, and I. <laughs> and so the three of us are there. Uh, I actually let Gina come in. So I guess you could say four, you know, Gina, my partner can come in, but seriously, it's a place where you can go. You try all these experiments doing something and make all your mistakes there. You do it. Then when it's working on Facebook in your green room, now you can take it out to the world. They go, how'd you learn all this? Well, I failed about 50 billion times trying it. <laughs> but when I finally got it right, I went, oh, and here's a key. You get it right. Don't go, oh, I'm all set now. I got it right. Uh, 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 uh. 
You got to do it and then keep doing it so that you'll be able to lock those patterns in. I remember when I was growing up, I took uh, martial arts, Kodokan Judo, and our instructor, one of the instructors I had, great guy, Toyoji Matsumoto-san. And Toyoji Matsumoto-san was a third degree black belt from Tokyo. And he would show us how to do arm bars and twists and throws and chokes, all the things you do, all those fun and groovy things we do in in judo. And he he would say, when you learn something there, you must, to learn a practice, you must do it a thousand times until it becomes natural. Then do it another thousand. And I thought, yeah, that's the way you do it, that repetition. And you're not just practicing. My friend uh, Harvey McKay says, we hear the phrase, you know, practice makes perfect. Not true. Perfect practice makes perfect. Because if you do something wrong and you keep doing it over and over and over the wrong way, you're burning that into muscle memory and you don't want that. So you get coaches, you get help. A lot of these coaches can come through YouTube's on vi- or videos on YouTube can come from books, can come from places where you help someone and they help you and you do a swamp of services. Lots of things like that can be done, but just be relentless in your learning, be relentless in your pursuit of worthwhile, mutually beneficial goals that help others. And you saw me go like like this while you were talking? Yeah. The green room idea, I never even thought of that. And I want to try something besides Zoom to Facebook Live. And I was kind of fearful because, you know, how do I pop it in? And I, you know, I'm testing, I'm playing, and I may have my laptop and my computer. So I'm, I'm doing like the same devices in the room just to feel comfortable. I can create a private Facebook group of me, myself, and I. Yeah, just the three of you. Just the three of us. That is so brilliant. You are just always so brilliant, Terry. And you have so many resources out there on terrybrock.com and on your YouTube channel um, to help people learn and learn faster and not have to make all the mistakes themselves because you share the tips and the learnings that you've learned along the way. So what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, to get all those resources that you have out there. And I think everybody should subscribe on your YouTube channels and on your, your website, because I do, and I love everything I get. Well, thank you. You're very kind. Well, there's probably the best way to reach me would be uh, over on uh, terrybrock.com. And since those words can be spelled different ways, it's T-E-R-R-Y, and Brock is spelled the right way. B-R-O-C-K. So terrybrock.com. And here's a little tip that I just put together. Y'all see this? I've got a brand spanking new YouTube channel, Agorapreneurs. And since I have trouble spelling entrepreneur every time, here's what you can do. I create a little bit.ly. Write this down. B-I-T dot L-Y slash Liberty Lover. Liberty Lover in all lowercase, no spaces. So bit.ly slash bit.ly slash Liberty Lover. That'll take you directly to the channel. You'll be able to see it and enjoy the idea of living your life freely, voluntarily. You'll see this uh, quote there from uh, Leonard Reed, anything that's peaceful. Good way to live life. And I think uh, as we do that and serve others, we enjoy life a whole lot more. I love that. And I'm surprised that you didn't use all those really cool video tools that you have to put up the bit.ly. <laughs> well, actually, you That's... know, I could thank you. You know, so this is what, what you could do. I'm using a little fancy schmancy little thing here called Ecamm. And let me just show you. I'm going to nerd out here a little bit. I'll put it in there. It's B-I-T. It's so cool. The stuff you do that you do without thinking about it. 
And I was like, oh my God. There we go. Okay, there it is. Now we've got it on the screen. You can see that and it's right over my mouth. So we don't want that. So we're going to do, I'm going to put it up here and then I'm going to stretch it out a little bit and you see what we can do. There it is. It's a, it, it's a nice little band banner for me. You got hand. a little hat. Yeah, a little hat there. Yeah, like that. Or I can make it a mask, you know. <laughs> I don't know. We can have some fun with it. But, uh, and by the way, if you're watching this on video, notice what we did there. You want to be able to create the systems and learn how to use them so that you can come in there and you can go, hey, look at this. We'll just create it right now on the spot and make sure that everything's working there. But you go to bit.ly slash Liberty Lover and uh, you'll, you'll feel the tingling up and down your spine. <laughs> I love it. Terry, thank you so much for being on the show, for making me laugh. And, and most of all, you know, you freely share your wisdom. And to me, that is the greatest level of service that well, the thanks. world can have is when you share the knowledge that you have, the wisdom you have, and you always share it with such graciousness. So thank you for being on the show with me today. Well, you bet a lot of people have helped me, so many, and helped me not only before, but still right now. And I am very grateful to them. I'm a big believer in the pay it forward concept, you know, always helping others, always helping. It doesn't always come back to you, seldom actually, from the person that actually gets it. But I think there's, maybe there's something to karma. I don't know. I haven't taken the rocket ship up to find out and do that. But that when you do that, at least you're practicing your be kind muscles. And I think right. in today's world, we need a lot more of that. To, instead of fighting and arguing, let's try to understand it from the other person's point of view, and let's try to see what we can do to help them. Laura, it is an honor to be with you again. I really appreciate what you're doing, how you're helping so many people. Thank you for all you do, Laura. All right. And everybody, I hope you got a lot out of what Terry had to say. There are so many nuggets in there. This is on podcast. It'll be up on the YouTube channel. And I thank anybody that was commenting on Facebook Live. Uh, Terry and I will kind of go out there afterwards. And if you had any questions or comments out there, we will respond to them. I treasure this time that we have each week to help shift your perspectives, to give you a new way of thinking about things, some new questions maybe to think about. I know I've had a few happen because of Terry today. You saw me, goosebumps come up, like shocked. How come I never thought of that before? And hopefully you had those. Share them, comments, let us know what nuggets of wisdom that you got today and how you're going out there and becoming an agorapreneur and living your life in peace and freedom and plenty and abundance because you deserve every moment of all of that, everybody. And remember, at the end of the day, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.